Let's go. Hello, and welcome to Sustain Open Source Design. Is it Sustain Our Design? No, it's Sustain Open Source Design. Yes, yes. Sustain Open Source Design. SOS Design. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to SOS Design, Sustaining Open Source Design. This is a podcast that is covering the conversations of how open source and design intersect and work together. So sustaining open source involves design as a key part of how we can sustain our projects and how we think about sustainability in a design lens. So today for our conversation, we have our three panelists, myself, Justin Flory, and Richard Litauer. That's me. Hello. And Memo Esparza. Hello there. Joining us today on SOS Design, we have Smira Goel dialing in from New Delhi, India, who was previously a open source design intern through the Outreachy Internship Program. Smira contributed with the Fedora project on a couple of different projects, including infographics for different special interest groups to communicate the projects they're working on, a zine that is a community collection of art and poetry and other kinds of design works that showcase the community, and a couple of other things throughout the open source academia world that we'll be talking about on today's episode. Hi. So... Smira, thank you so much for coming in today from New Delhi, India. It's 3.30 in the morning for you. So really appreciate you taking the time to be up this early. Or maybe this is normal for you. This is an everyday thing. How are you doing today or tonight, this morning? (laughs) I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. And yeah, this is my normal time. So We'll be talking a little bit more about some of what you've done in the Fedora project, but also talking a little more broadly. I love to talk a little bit more about open source and design in academia and studies, especially through the Indian college lens too, from your own experiences. But before we get into all of that, how did you walk into discover the design world? What got you into this kind of work to begin with? So surprisingly, I did not know about design as an industry before college. I actually started out, I'm pursuing a double major in computer science and design. And that's when I got to know about design. And that's when I learned about different fields like UI, UX, graphic. And that's when I sort of realized, okay, this is what I want to do. This is great. So a year or two after that, I was an outreach intern with Fedora. And I was a design intern. And that's when I got to know about open source design. And I was like, okay, this is amazing. So if I had like designed before, now it's related to this concept of open source. And it has made it more amazing. And that's when I really started loving what I do. That is designing and contributing to open source organizations. And you also mentioned that you were an outreachy intern with Fedora. So could you introduce Outreachy and Fedora for our listeners who might not know about either project? So Outreachy is a summer coding program, and it's uh, for people who are underrepresented in tech. 
So generally, they have majorly coding projects, but a couple of non-coding design projects pop up. And that's when I was introduced to Fedora, the Fedora project and the design sub-project. And as a design intern, I worked with Fedora designing infographics, the Fedora zine, badges, templates, all this cool, exciting stuff. So you'll have to forgive me. I'm not always up to date. Red Hat is a large company that does Linux stuff. Fedora is a Linux distribution, but it's also a hat. What is the Fedora project? I always forget. I'm so sorry. The Fedora project is the whole community that not only maintains the Fedora distribution, but it's a community on its own. And I think reducing it to just the operating system would be a disservice. It's so much more than that. So the four F's of Fedora, freedom, features, friends, first. And it's a really nice community. I think I so much, as I said, so much more than the OS. It's people working on different interest groups. And there are so many interest groups. I think anything you want to work on, you can find a Fedora interest group. And that's amazing. I think that's really nice. You mentioned that you made design and you decided to fall in love with this awesome, awesome practice. I'm curious, is that something related to a project you did or someone you met? How did that shift look like in your life? So to back up a little bit, I was actually a really excited artist when I was a kid. I loved to paint and draw, but I never really knew about graphic designing or that side of it. I was really also into tech. So I thought that sounds like something I should do in college, you know, pursue computer science. Then when I got into college, I realized that design starts out often with drawing and painting. It's a very small subset, but it starts out with that. That was actually my first design course in college. And that's when I realized, okay, I'm good at this. I like doing this. And I didn't know we could make a career out of this, but now I can. You have done some pretty amazing design work too. I might be a little bit biased also being in Fedora, but it's been really cool to see some of the design work that you've done for the community at large, but even some of the more fun things like the infographics and the zine. But we'll talk about those soon too. So I went to college in Britain. And in Britain, you declare your major right from the get-go. So I went in knowing I was going to be a classical literature student. Is it the same in India or did you have a few years to mess around, take a lot of general educations before you decided, oh, okay, design and computer science, that's what I want to do? No, I think it's pretty similar to what you had. So before we get into college, there are different streams. And depending upon how your entrance examinations go, you get allotted to a course. So it was actually a surprise to me because I hadn't heard of the program that I got enrolled into like right before I got enrolled in it. So yeah, it was like a happy accident, you could say. That was the program I got and I really liked how it sounded. So to the average person, I imagine design and computer science sound like totally different things. When joining Outreachy and getting involved with Fedora, did you have any difficulties being a designer in that community and not just being a coder. How do you manage those two conflicting interests? I think it's quite the opposite. So I always felt like more of a designer than a coder. I had actually applied for Outreachy a year prior, and that was for a coding project in Fedora. And I gave up halfway because I realized that was not my calling. <laughs> I could not stay up all night to write code. I tried 
I had have to for college assignments, but it was never a good experience. And a year later, when I applied again to Fedora, this time for design, I happily stayed up all night working on different contributions, making different stuff. And I realized, okay, so now I know for sure this is what I want to do. And it's actually quite difficult for me to grasp the technicalities of open source. That's why I gave up the first time. But it was easier this time around because I came in through the design route. I just felt a lot less intimidated by the coding stuff because I was like, this is not what I have to do. It's fine. I just have need to learn about it. I don't need to necessarily code, but I can learn about what different groups are doing. And I had to do that for infographics. I had to learn about what different groups did. It was really fun because I was not doing it. Someone else was. I just had to know about it. And the infographics project you mentioned, you know, we were talking about how Fedora is like a huge project and community. There's all these different parts to it. You want to talk a little bit about the infographics project and what some of the goals were for that? Like, I think the community response was really interesting. So the infographics were a set of infographics that were made for the Mindshare community of Fedora. And that majorly involved the, I would say, slightly non-technical side. So the infographics were made for different subgroups, for different interest groups. And they were made to highlight the accomplishments and achievements and the work done by different interest groups. So off the top of my head, I think I made around 10 to 12 infographics. And off the top of my head, I can remember Fedora Diversity and Inclusion Team, Fedora Design Team, Localization Team. And during the process, I had to understand what each team was doing. And that's when I really came to appreciate the open source community as a whole, because I realized there were so many people doing so much and they were volunteering to do it. That's really amazing. And I'm easily amazed by technical stuff because I know how hard it is to do it. I'm like, wow, the fact that you can do this and you do it, you volunteer to do it, it gives a huge part of your life to do it. That's amazing. And that's what I wanted to show through the infographics, that there are these people, these amazing people who are working silently and they're just like contributing to Fedora. And we need to recognize their achievements. We need to tell people, look at these people, they're doing some amazing work. Maybe you can also join and help them out. And that was the ultimate goal. I put some links in our show chat for the some of the infographics you made, which are just, I think, are really cool. We'll have to make sure they get into the show notes. But I just always think, you know, what was the one thing that as you were going through all these different projects and communities, was there something that you felt like the design angle was able to like capture for them? Like, how was this like infographic project a useful tool for some of these sub projects? Because, you know, you mentioned a lot of them are doing this, some of this volunteer work, even. How do you think it was a helpful tool for these projects? So as a person who did not know about these groups before I joined Fedora or even after I joined Fedora, there were these groups that I know that existed. I did not know what they did or what their exact function was. Through the infographics, what I wanted to show was make it easier to grasp what they're doing, make it very digestible. I mean, it's really easy to do that with visual aids. If I write a long paragraph about what a team is doing, it's just easier to draw a really nice, a cute panda with a graphic. 
And I think the infographic acted as a visual aid that made it more digestible, highlighted the key facts about the group, this interest group, how to join them, how to start contributing, and all of it in an A4-sized poster. Smira, I wanted to ask you, what makes you more excited about being a designer? Hearing you speak, it's really clear that your work excites you and that's amazing. And I think it would be great to share with our audience what is that magical thing that makes you so excited? So I feel like I am personally a visual learner and I grew up just looking how different things are represented visually, graphically. And for me, that came to be known as the primary identity of anything. So whether it was a restaurant or a software, how it looked made an impact on me. And uh, naturally, I wanted to improve or work on or contribute to that visual aspect because I know how important that is to anything. So yeah, that's what made me excited about it. That and I really like making things pretty. Amazing. And how does a normal day for you you know, working in design looks like? I mean, I know Fedora Project is a community-oriented project. So I'm curious about what kind of things you do in your everyday life. So college keeps me busy most of the time. I'll admit I have not been as regular with Fedora as I was during my internship. But whenever I get time, I go through the design issues, the design tickets. And uh, the main things that I generally contribute to are the first one is Fedora badges. And the second one is general design issues. So someone needs a poster because they are having a workshop and they need to circulate a poster or someone needs this badge because they're having a test day and they need the badge to be awarded to the participants. Or maybe even if it's just something as minor as just cleaning up the tickets, adding labels, especially during outreach season where we have a surge of applicants, just makes it a lot more cleaner and more organized when everything is ticketed and documented. How often do you talk back to the people of the other side of those tickets? Do you reach out and kind of do some more research if some ticket looks like bigger than you thought? How's that connection process? All of that happens in the comments itself. So generally, I like how Fedora has a very well-documented ticketing system. So all of the information that you might need, potentially it's all there, especially all the previous work done. This happened during the infographics where I had to learn about different interest groups. And sometimes the docs pages just didn't cut it. Even after hours spending trying to understand what was going on, I couldn't. And that is when I would reach out to people personally. I would email them and ask them, okay, I know you're doing something amazing. Can you please explain it to me? Because I'm not really good at understanding this. Please, can you explain it in layman terms. And uh, that is when it was really nice talking to people all over the world, coordinating time zones. That was the first thing. And then people would just talk about their work and try to explain it and they would make sure I understand. So that was really nice. And even people, when it's a general day-to-day -day ticketing stuff, people generally leave feedback or they say, oh, this is for this kind of audience. I think this would look better. But yeah, so that's the kind of process we have talking to the other side. So I have a question. I, I was looking at one of these infographics, which is just really great. And it's talking about diversity and inclusion and languages. And New Delhi is in India. And the main language spoken there is Hindi, which is one of the largest languages in the world as far as speaker demographics go. Millions and millions of speakers. 
but it's not one I run into a lot in the open source world because we tend to use English for a lot of our documentation. I wonder if you have any comments on using Hindi, which I assume you may speak. I'm not going to assume you do speak it, but probably it would make sense. Okay, you're nodding your head. I was right there. Do you have any comments about Hindi and or other languages in the Indian open source movement and how that's part of it? I just don't know a lot at all. So I'm just, I don't even know where to start asking a question there. Yeah, that's true, actually. So the only time I have encountered Hindi and I was really excited was when I was researching about different interest groups. So I was looking into Fedora localization, I think. And they have this translation project where they translate into different local languages. And that's when I saw Hindi and I was really excited. I know this. I can do this. So I remember I translated a couple of sentences and I felt really nice. Like, I can do this. I know Hindi and English. So, yeah, that was really exciting. Maybe to build on that, just since earlier we were talking about awareness, like we wanted to talk about awareness for open source. I'm curious, what does it look like being a student in India? What is the awareness like in your university for open source? Do people generally know about it? Sometimes Google Summer of Code is really well known in some universities, but I'm just curious, do you feel like it's becoming more well known in the student world of technology and design? I don't know. I'm curious. (laughs) So I think, as you mentioned, programs like GSOC, Google Summer of Code GSOC, they are really famous in India, especially in the university level where everyone, when they get into college, they want to do GSOC. And that's like a goal. And I think that that really sort of spreads the open source concept. But I think it's only GSOC, at least from what I have seen, that's prevalent, not open source per se. I have met a couple of people who are open source enthusiasts and who would ask professors in class for open source alternatives and would ask them to recommend only open source products, which was really nice. But as open source, I think it is open source coding is really prevalent or well-known to a great extent, mainly because of GSOC. And after that, people just start contributing and maybe they will become regular contributors in the community. So that's great. But on the other hand, I did not know about open source design until my internship with Outreachy. And that's when I was like, okay, something like this exists. And it seems so obvious after that. Of course, if you have open source tech, you need design. So you will have open source design. But no one in my college knew about it, uh, not the professors, or they didn't talk about it. And that's when I realized that something needs to be done because I can see open source projects, design projects, who are in need of contributors. And I can see student designers who need some experience or who need to work on their portfolios. And I'm like, it's a match waiting to happen. We just need to introduce these two to each other. I'm really glad you mentioned portfolios because open source design goes along with open source where you give away most of your stuff. And so if you give it away, you're not getting paid for it. And if you're not getting paid for it, then what are you doing staying up late working on it? But building a portfolio is a really good way of actually getting a foot in the door and getting a job later. I'm curious if you have any comments on the idea of open source design as a professional work, as a business, as opposed to just being something that you do with your volunteer time. I would love to be paid to do open source design work. 
I was talking to a friend today and I said, man, I want to do something like I did with Fedora for my job. That's just what I want to do. <laughs> and uh, I would uh, like it if we had, uh, like, I know that even though open source communities mainly rely on volunteer work, they do have positions which are paid. So I think it would be really great if we also have these positions for designers, because I feel like there's just like this huge potential or so much work that can be done. And we have so many resources in open source design. We just need to get people there. So yeah, of course, we can't convince everyone to sort of just volunteer or work for free. That's why whenever I see paid open source design jobs, I'm like, okay, so we have funding for that. And, you know, people will be contributing to this. So that's nice. So it would be really nice to have more open source design jobs. I'd be up for it. I know. So Samira, another thing that I think is really interesting that, you know, we've been talking about the ways open source design looks like and what that work can be. There was this really cool example that I, I happen to know about having seen your work in Fedora with the Fedora Zine project, which I have honestly never seen anything quite like this in open source. And if you could like explain what that project was, what kinds of things it was trying to do. And the thing I'm curious about is how you managed all the different feedback and all the different ideas that people came with. How did you turn that into something that you could actually share back with the community? So the Fedora Zine project was something that I started during my internship. And the goal was built on the infographics or to talk about the achievements of the Fedora community, not just their contributions, but as individuals, you know, a contributor who is interested in photography or who paints really well. So let's celebrate the contributors and this like really cool artistic thing, this handout and Maybe we can give these out at events, at conferences, and we'll get more contributors and people will know. So some really awesome people contribute to Fedora. And that was the goal. I started it out, but before I could finish it, my internship ended. But fortunately, this was carried on as a separate project in the next round of outreach internship. So it was finished by the next outreach intern, Ella Daniels, and she did a really amazing job on it and she gets the credit for handling the feedback and the different contributions that she was receiving. I went through that ticket. I saw how much work there was and I was amazed that she was able to handle it. It got too much for me during my time when the contributions had just started rolling in. You know, people had just started giving their work and uh, she had to go through all of it edit it and combine it into the beautiful artwork that the zine is now. So that's really cool. It sounds like a great project. It's awesome to see a project that you started continue on after you, right? That's always the best feeling. I know you're very busy now with college. I remember being in college. That was a whole thing. Oh man. Whew. What are you super excited about in the future? When you have your free time back, what do you want to do with it? And how are you going to bring your particular version of open source design? So I'm actually really excited about exploring different areas of design. So I thought that I was really into interaction design, 
but then I found graphic design and I'm like, okay, I like this. And then I realized, I think we talked about this before that when we talk about design, we can talk about so many different things. So the next thing that I am really looking forward to is exploring different areas. This summer, I'll be working in a research lab and we'll be doing some game design research. So that's what I'm excited about. As I was talking to my friend, I really want to have a proper job in the open source design field, preferably graphic design. My mentor, my outreach mentor, Marie Norden, I honestly, I, I really just want to be like her. I look at her, I'm like, okay, this is what I want to do. She's amazing at what she does. And uh, she's really inspired me. So I know for a fact that after I graduate, I will be in touch or I will be in the open source community. I don't know where, I don't know how, maybe I will have a full-time job or maybe I'll just be a volunteer who contributes at night or, you know, like stays up all night working on a ticket. But I know for a fact that I can't leave this community or not be in it. And I think that piece on mentorship, I think with all of us, we all have like a mentor or someone who early on in our career was helpful to guide us. I'm just curious, what do you think in terms of design, like what role does mentorship play in terms of either the design process, but also working together with other people collaboratively on design projects. How does mentorship fit into this? I think mentorship really helps shorten the learning curve. Open source design can be quite intimidating for people who are not familiar with open source or even design. But I feel like when you have that mentorship element, which is very common in open source, people are always willing to help you. That really eases the process of not just moving into open source design, but also moving into design. So we actually had a talk in my college. So I a couple of days back, I organized a talk, an introduction to open source design, because I wanted my classmates, my batchmates to know that there is this awesome thing that exists and you need to be a part of it. And Marie Norton, she was there as the guest speaker and she talked to them about all the amazing stuff that we do at Fedora and how they can be a part of open source design. And after that, I got messages from a couple of my batchmates asking, okay, I want to do this. How do I get started? And then I would talk to them about whatever Marie taught me. And I would just pass along her knowledge or give them tips and tricks. Even during out this round outreach interns, they message me everywhere, wherever they can find a contact. They'll message me on LinkedIn, on Twitter, on Instagram. They'll DM me and they'll ask me, I want to be a part of Fedora or I want to contribute. How do I do that? I've sent countless of voice notes to so many people. I don't even know where they're from, probably halfway around the world. I know that because I had a person like Marie who made the onboarding process really easy and really delightful, I have that interest or continued interest in Fedora or open source design. And I think that's why mentorship is really important because it can really improve or bind you to a community or sort of help you settle in and have a nicer experience. I really like that you mentioned that people reach out to you because this is another instance of you passing along information. And we do have to start wrapping up because we are hitting the time limit for this show. But before we move on to Spotlight, 
where we talk about projects that have really given us a leg up or things which need love and light on them. I want to make sure that our listeners know where they can reach out to you with questions. Do you have a Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, Behance, etc.? So where are you on the interwebs? So everywhere I am on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, Behance. And everywhere my username is the same, which is Smira Goel, S-M-E-R-A-G-O-E-L. It's easy to remember. That's just my name. So people can hit me up anywhere they want. I would love to answer their questions. Thank you so much, everyone. Please hit her up. And for now, Spotlight. It's part of the show where we put a spotlight on projects which need that to happen to them. So, Justin Flory, you look the most excited in the video screen. What is your Spotlight project today? So mine is not a specific project, but actually it's a set of projects related to the Ford and Sloan Foundation just recently announced like six or seven research projects. They're funding around open source research. And a lot of these have a design angle to them that I'm really excited about. So my spotlight is to the announcement of the new research from the Ford and Sloan Foundation funding. Awesome. Thank you. Memo? I think I will put on the spotlight a project that is actually not open source, but since it's accessibility to multiple designers and non-designers, I think it's a good project to have in mind and, and explore. It's called Spline, like S-P-L-I-N-E, spline.design. It's uh, about 3D design, like making it more accessible to do 3D design. It was really great because, I mean, not even not designers, not all designers feel comfortable with 3D. So I, I really like the idea of making new techniques like 3D available for more people. So yeah, I would love to see more projects like that in the future. Excellent. Thank you. My spotlight today is I was thinking about mentors and who has mentored me a lot. And I remembered Alexis Palmer. Alexis Palmer was my professor at the University of Zabrücken in Saarland. She's now back in Boulder, Colorado, which is exciting. And she works particularly on low resource languages and technology for low resource languages. As people may know, I started out as a linguist, and I think that languages are some of the most interesting areas to do work because it's such a huge access point. And so working on low resource languages is incredibly important. Languages which don't have code for them. It, they're hard to use online or hard to get designers from those communities into other places. So I just want to give a shout out to Alexis Palmer for her amazing work. Smira, what is your spotlight today? So I would like to shine a spotlight on the project Fedora Badges. And while there is an obvious bias there, because I am a Fedora contributor, I just think that the concept of the project is really great. So they award these cute little badges to contributors for reaching certain milestones. And there are hundreds of them. I counted. So there are literally hundreds of them. So the first aspect is that they're really cute, really pretty. So I really like them because they look so good. But they also work, you know, because I have been there. But I'm like, okay, I need a badge or I need to get that badge. So I'll be working on different tickets and just to get that badge. It feels really nice. And I think they work very well because so many people are active in that project, designing badges, pushing them to the repository and claiming them also. So I think it's a really nice gamification of the whole contribution scenario. All right. 
Well, this will be where we have to wrap up for today's episode on SOS design, sustained open source design. That was great. That'll be our continuing theme throughout this show. So we'll have to wrap up here for today. Thank you so much, Smira, for being our guest today and for being on at now 4.30 in the morning. And we will see our audience in the next episode. Stay tuned.